2: Hello, you're listening to a bonus episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim, where we're reviewing Candyman. Plus, we speak with the stars of the film, Yahya Abdul Mateen II and Tayona Paris. I'm Timmy Fland, movie buff.
1: And I'm Lee Livingstone, entertainment journalist.
2: And we love to talk all things movies.
1: And today we're talking. Candyman which is a spiritual sequel to the horror film Candyman from 1992. Jordan Peele's new take returns to the Chicago neighborhood where the legend began. In present day, a decade after the last of the Cabrini towers were torn down, artist Anthony and his partner move into the now gentrified Cabrini. But A Chance Encounter exposes Anthony to the true story behind Candyman and opens a door that unravels his own sanity and unleashes a terrifying wave of violence.
2: Goodness. The film is directed by Nia DaCosta and she's filming the up-and-coming Captain Marvel 2, which is now known as The Marvels for MCU.
1: The screenplay is by Jordan Peele, Wynne Rosenfeld and Nia DaCosta.
2: It stars Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, Tayona Paris, Nathan Stewart-Jarrett, and Coleman Domingo.
1: Now, as we mentioned, we invited some very special guests onto Popcorn Podcast to talk about Candyman with us. Stars of the movie Yahya Abdul-Mateen II and Tayona Paris stop by and we'll share some bits from that interview throughout the episode for you.
2: Can't wait to share that. But, Lee, let's start with how this film opens. And it kind of sets you up for a real distinctive visual style here.
1: You love when logo variants happen, don't you? And that is when they change the production logo to immerse you in the tone of what's to come. And in this one, the logo variant is back to front because mirrors and subverting the norm is what this movie is all about.
2: What you said, it immerses you. And I think Mm. that's the absolute purpose that they did here. It captures your attention straight away Mm. and sets you up for what to expect. And they use that ongoing technique in the opening credits as well, where everything's kind of flipped or mirrored or in reverse. And it just sets up this really unique visual tapestry that we will absolutely talk about throughout this episode.
1: And Jordan Peele films play with perspective. That's what he's known for, you know, opposites Mm. and upside down. He inverts what we know or think we know. And here he adds another layer to the character of Candyman by asking why he was made into a monster, like looking beyond the mirror instead of just sharing a supporting backstory for this character. I found that really interesting.
2: Very interesting. He certainly has a lot of layers to his story uh, telling, doesn't he?
1: Yeah. Can I ask, did you understand the story and the legend within the context of this film? I'm not sure it was conveyed in the clearest way possible.
2: The answer to that question is no, but how they chose to tell that story, I found incredibly unique Mm. they use shadow puppets to like tell horrific stories and of black violence in the past at the hands of white people Mm. and it was continuously returning throughout the film and and added a lot of layers to how they chose to tell the narrative throughout but in terms of the urban legend itself I was a little bit lost and confused especially I guess how it all came together in the end which we can't allude to because that's spoilers Mm. I ended up doing a lot of reading on the story after I watched the film to make a little bit more sense of it, which is fine, but not because I felt I wanted to understand a particular element more, but because I needed to understand the whole thing. Right. How did you feel about it? What was your relationship with this urban legend?
1: Yeah, I think I'm familiar with the original film because I'm of that generation. But Mm. in terms of this film the third act sort of devolved into confusion and leaps of logic that weren't fully developed in the screenplay
0: Mm. and then
1: quickly wrapped up with exposition at the end. So I, yeah, when I was watching, I didn't fully understand how the legend tied in at first and I don't think all the threads came together as well as they could have in that sense. And you probably have to know the original and why certain characters were so important. You won't get that full impact if you don't, know that which I think is a bit of a problem that it wasn't explained as fully as it could be yeah. but I really did like how they evolved the story of Candyman just not so much how they tied the modern characters into the old story that felt a bit vague in the way it unraveled in the third act
2: which was a unique challenge that they set out to do need to cost to Jordan Peele that's what they wanted to achieve mm. they wanted to not modernize but position it within culture and society now highlighting that things haven't really changed. You know, originally this film was meant to be released last year mm. in, in the middle of the Black Lives Matter movement. That's when it was originally meant to be positioned uniquely. Mm. But it doesn't really change anything. There's still really important conversations to have around violence against yeah. black people at the hands of, you know, white society uh, and and police and br- brutality and such like. But, yeah, I I don't think it was particularly effective in explaining the wider context. And if you didn't have an understanding of the original film, you're a little bit lost despite their efforts to make it clear through the unique storytelling techniques that they chose to do.
1: might be a good opportunity to hear from Tiona and Yaya about what got them hooked on this project and what is really driving this iteration of Candyman. And here's what they had to say.
3: This is where it all began. The story of Candyman. Jordan Peele and Nia DeCosta, <laughs> for sure. I, I have been a fan of Nia's work. I saw Little Woods. And then on top of those two creatives, I was also a fan of the Candyman legacy, having been tortured by it with my brothers when I was younger. So there were just so many elements about the project that really drew me to it.
1: Are you the type of person who enjoys being scared? Yes, indeed. I love it.
3: Yes, I I will. Please, I will be at home by myself, turn off all the lights and say, I hope this scares the shit out of me.
4: Like life or or a film?
3: No, like watching a movie. Oh,
4: okay, I thought you just meant life. No, I don't want to be scared in real
3: life. I just want to watch a movie and be scared. What does Candyman really want? I think Candyman wants... People to see truth, like see see him and wh- who is him and what is Candyman. I think that's a, a theme we're exploring in the film. And so yeah, I think Candyman wants to be seen, wants his story to be seen, wants the the message of his people and the community to be seen and heard. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I would say. Yeah, I,
4: I would say I would say so as well. And and to add to that, I think that he he wants to rest, mm. um, and, and when you disturb his rest, you know things things happen. <laughs> been innocent. So he's who? Candyman ain't a he. Candyman's the whole damn hive.
2: I want to touch on one thing about the story um, mm. before we move on to other elements of this film, Lee. I found myself partly alienated from the art world that featured mm. so heavily in this film or the art vernacular, you know, the chatter and the interpretation of it. Like, don't get me wrong, I like art. I enjoy it, but I also f- sometimes find the language that's used around it a little bit challenging to relate to. And I guess that's based on my understanding of the world and how I interpret it. But the film centered so heavily on it. And I'm already on the back foot because I don't, I didn't quite understand everything they were talking about. Mm. How did you feel when they were kind of talking about art interpretation and him as an artist? And did you get lost in that world a little bit?
1: In the jargon, you mean?
2: In the jargon, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I didn't find it. Too confusing to follow, but I wasn't really focused on those elements, I think. That really pulled Mm. you out of it. Is that what you're saying?
2: Yeah, it pulled me out a little bit. Maybe I was putting too much focus on that, thinking that I was going to see more or or Mm. discover more, but maybe I was a little bit distracted by it, potentially.
1: Mm. We were talking about the first film earlier, and we mentioned a spiritual sequel. So it references the first film in some interesting ways and expands on the legend, as we've already touched on. But the original in 1992, it's worth mentioning, uh, was groundbreaking. Mm. It was the first time a major Hollywood horror had cast a black man, who was Tony Todd, as the main villain. And you can look at that in different ways. You know, A, it's very inspirational. And B, they were making a monster out of a black man, which is, you know, mm. the problem. Yes. And the story followed a student named Helen who was researching her thesis on urban legends and got caught up in the myth of Candyman. So it's, it's important to know that for this story, isn't it?
2: I think the difference between the original and what Jordan Peele and Nia DaCosta are doing here in its simplest form mm. is, as you mentioned, the original it, it's explored through the eyes of a white woman and with this one it comes from a black perspective which is what we need to see here. And I think what it, the story deserves. And it's also been told through the lens of black filmmakers as well as black actors. Yeah. So it's kind of them owning and taking control of that story again, as it should and told through the right perspective.
1: And the way they've pivoted in this film is that it's as much about being scared by the gruesome or shocking as it is about being confronted by real world horrors, like like racism, mm-hmm. and, and I really liked that this Candyman is more than just the supernatural incarnation of this Daniel uh, Robitill who was lynched mm-hmm. for his affair with a white woman. Mm-hmm. And no spoiler, but it's really clever how they expand on that legend in a way that addresses like the hundreds of years of racism that's come after it. Yes. But Tim, I have to ask, right, were you squirming at the Candyman killings and the other bloody and more gruesome scenes. Cause I know you get very squirmy at films like this.
2: Okay. I wouldn't say yes. Thank you, Lee. It's all true. <laughs> I wouldn't say that there were too many jump scares in this film, which no I right. went in like expecting and I was like shitting myself even before it started. Uh, welcome to my life and my brain. Um, but I would say the horror that it lent into was certainly still confronting. It was impactful and it was very mm. stylized in the way that it showcased those what I call gruesome elements and what Nia De calls body horror. Mm. You know, similar to The Fly from the 80s, that film, it kind of took a lot of inspiration mm. from that.
1: You mean like scabs being peeled off and what? appendages being chopped off and
2: that beasting man in this film was nasty. <laughs> like the makeup work here was astonishing. But I have a question for you. Yep. <laughs> Why didn't he go and get his beasting infection checked. And why was no <laughs> one around him concerned about all the shit that was growing all over his body? I'm like, is, am I seeing whatever? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> am I seeing something? Am I, what's going I, on?
1: I think that's the point when the movie started to devolve for me where I thought, oh, this is a bit, you've got to take yeah. some leaps of logic and, and cast aside your disbelief and, and try and go with it. But it, it was hard in the way it was wrapped up very quickly and conveniently.
2: How did you react to the gruesome elements of the horror film. Oh,
1: I squirmed too. I was like, oh, can't look at that. <laughs> can't look. So there's some good bits in there, some good horror tropes at play that you'll, yeah. you'll really enjoy if you're a horror fan.
2: What I found uh, really interesting about the way that Nia DaCosta wanted to portray violence against black people in this film mm. was that every scene where it was depicted was shown through these shadow puppets as well. You never mm. really saw it real and that was her choice um to show it in a different way and i think it delivered a really impactful clever stylized way of of communicating that to the audience did you think it was it, it worked
1: yeah i really enjoyed those aspects let's talk about jordan peel as a producer okay mm. a lot of his films obviously have those political undertones and although the original was groundbreaking as we mentioned there was always the question of why a black victim of white violence was terrorizing mm. a black community and why it was told Mm. through this white woman's eyes. So Peel has said that he wanted to look at it from a black perspective, which is what we have here.
2: I struggled to understand that. I don't know whether it's my lack of understanding around the urban legend. And again, I read up a lot about this after, and I'm still trying to piece the puzzles together. I think that Candyman is a movie I need to watch again, just to kind of take in all the Mm. complicated layers and try and really get down to the message that, Jordan Peele is trying Mm. to kind of get out there. He certainly is a challenging filmmaker. I was certainly challenged in this film. He's an undisputed master of horror and he really does ensure or demands that you leave his films thinking about something Mm. and you are confronted by political issues, right?
1: He's the type of filmmaker that has faith that his audience is smart. Mm. You know, he doesn't talk down to you. He doesn't hit you over the head with his political agenda. He slips it in there, mm. it's obvious, but you need to think a little deeper about it. And he invites you to, and I love that about him as a filmmaker.
2: Yeah, he makes the horror genre work harder and for good reason. Yeah. And hopefully this doesn't overly simplify things, but he educates through entertainment. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's kind of what I take away from his style.
1: And I think that's what film as an art form should be. Do it should make you think a little bit, not all the time. Sometimes you just want mindless popcorn entertainment, and that's fine too.
2: Totally fine.
1: So, let's hear from Tiona and Yaya about the underlying messages that Jordan Peele brings to Candyman.
2: You want to be a part of the
4: story, right? No, say his name, Candyman. I think there's so many underlying messages. I think any everyone is going to get something, uh, has an opportunity to get different things from this film. For me, there's a message about the importance of recognizing uh, un- unwilling martyrs um, and uh, the consequences that, uh, that that unwilling martyrdom uh, has. Um, I think that'll make more sense specifically once the film uh, comes out. But I think that, uh, that uh, historically, there has not been consequences. And so this film, uh, for me, uh, asked the questions of uh, uh, what if. This neighborhood is haunted.
1: Nia DaCosta is a director who's really making waves at the moment. She previously directed Little Woods and, as we mentioned, is doing the upcoming The Marvels film. And I think she fits really well into the world view of a Jordan Peele movie. She's a really smart filmmaker.
2: I think Nia really is an actor's director here. Wouldn't you agree? Mm. Like, she extrapolates amazing performances out of her actor's in support of the amazing way that she points her camera and how she frames her shots. And she really creates a vibe in her scenes and certainly leans into an unsettling tone uh, in this movie. Would you agree?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Let's move on to uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen as Anthony. We mentioned before is a struggling artist whose career has stalled and he finds inspiration in the legend of Candyman, which he hears from Brianna's brother, by Nathan Stewart Jarrett. And he feels connected and drawn to it for reasons unknown. Mm. What did you think of Yaya's performance? I found him to be so watchable.
2: Oh my gosh. He was stunning. Like you see his own sanity unravel throughout mm. this film. And I really enjoyed where he took us. And he has this ability to kind of have so much nuance. You understand his trauma and his pain through his performance as he's discovering things about himself he's an excellent excellent actor
1: and even towards the end of the film when anthony becomes a shell of his former self i really enjoyed Mm. that performance and as he devolves it's reflected in his artwork becoming dark and chaotic and i was really really invested in yaya's performance brianna on the other hand you know Tiona Paris is a great actor as well. In this film, she's an empowered, successful art curator and advocate for Anthony's work. But beyond that, Mm. we only take a brief dive into Brianna's backstory and her as a character, Mm. but she's otherwise fairly sidelined in this film, which I thought was a real shame.
2: Yeah, her backstory is teased too. And you get a little bit and then that's it. And I felt like that was a real shame. So I agree with you there. There was one thing I really enjoyed about her performance, though, Mm. was how in her trying to empathize and understand what was real and what wasn't real when dealing with a partner who seemingly on the surface was losing his mind and, you know, you had to follow her performance in her character and trying to break down the mm. truth and discover what was really going on. I think she did that very well, at least.
1: Yeah, 100% agree. And the chemistry between Yaya and Tiana was fantastic. Mm. Just so at ease with each other. And as you said, also that comes down to the direction. Like these creatives are all working really well together to deliver a really thoughtful and intelligent product.
2: Oh, yeah. You mentioned chemistry. I think it wasn't just mutually exclusive between Yaya and Teona, I think it was the whole cast. Yeah. The dialogue was just so good and I just believed how real everyone was and how they spoke to each other, like really mm. simple stuff, like the kitchen chatter, you know, they had friends over for dinner Uh, recounting stories. I just really loved watching those scenes play out and just the natural chemistry they had between each other. It was really, really good.
1: You know, Yaya gave us some insights into his character, Anthony, and I'd love to take a listen to that. So let's jump in.
4: I made a mistake. I brought him back.
3: Candyman isn't real.
4: Uh, Well, Anthony is uh, an artist. You know, I'm an artist too. Um, Anthony in the script was an artist who was at the beginning of his career who had some very good momentum uh going and then was figuring out which direction to take his career to next. So I found myself pretty much similarly in the in the same place. Um and then he was he was a guy who was set who was set in the world that I'm that I'm familiar with, with uh with not necessarily Chicago specifically, but uh, coming from the projects and uh going and returning back home and and uh trying to figure out how to grow his artistry from that place. Uh mm. also thought that um that this would be a project that would connect very well with. Uh, my community and, and I was really
3: excited about uh, participating in that. Candyman. All
2: right, Lee. So, should we wrap up our take on Candyman?
1: Yes, let's, Tim. Oh, by the way, how many times have we said the name now? Should we be concerned? Have you been counting? Oh my god, don't. Gonna... Oh my god.
2: Don't, don't, Lee. you can gonna freak <laughs> me the fuck out. Ah. Jesus. <laughs> All right. Let me let me get through this. Visually, I cannot fault a thing with Candyman. Nia DaCosta has directed one of the slickest and beautifully shot films of the year. Her vision is unmistakable and her distinct style is so well realised here. However, maybe I missed it, but I felt that the story completely fell apart at the end, which left me a little confused and underwhelmed, which we've touched on. I think a second viewing for me is needed to understand the full impact it was aiming for. But there is one certainty I took away from this film. Mm. I will not be saying Candyman's name in the mirror five times as part of my morning routine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to rate Candyman three popcorn kernels.
1: Why would you be doing that anyway?
2: I don't know. I'm just curious. (laughs) What's
1: wrong with you? While the story felt uneven, I loved the overall direction of Candyman and I appreciate smart horror that gives you something more than just a jump scare to consider. Sometimes there's nothing more terrifying than holding a mirror up to real life and being confronted. Wrapping it up in a supernatural story is a really clever way to say something while also entertaining your audience and I'm going to give Candyman three and a half popcorn kernels.
2: Well, Candyman is in Australian cinemas from August 26, pending lockdowns. And you can find Popcorn Podcast's full interview with stars Yaga Abdul-Mateen II and Tayona Paris over on our YouTube channel. So check it out.
1: As always, guys, thanks for listening.
2: And we'll catch you next time. Come and join in on The Conversation. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at Podcast.